You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. It's almost six months into the coronavirus pandemic and there are no signs that life will return to normal anytime soon. The Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne has just released its latest child health poll looking into the impact of COVID-19 on Australian families. The poll was taken between June 15 and June 23 at a time when schools and daycare centres were open once more. Dr Anthea Rhodes is a paediatrician and the poll's director. Hi Anthea, how are you? Hi Siobhan, I'm well thank you. Plodding on through the pandemic. Plodding on and yes, more plotting in Melbourne than there is in other parts of the country right now, but news, we're, we're thinking of you. Thank you. And waiting for it to be us. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully you. Hopefully not. Um, listen, with this poll, it wasn't all bad news, was it? Can you tell me about the increased connection that many families felt? Yeah, look, it wasn't all bad news, which was really nice for us to see a silver lining. And in fact, the majority of parents, three quarters, told us they'd become closer as a family since um, COVID-19 started, so since March and through that pandemic lockdown period at home. Uh, Lots of parents said they felt more connected to their child and they told us they were doing things they hadn't done so much of before. So things like reading with their children, cooking and preparing food with their children, exercising with their children. So lots of really great behaviours and lifestyle habits that they hadn't had a chance to engage in before that now they're doing more of. Unsurprisingly, there was an increase in the use of screens, but even that information isn't all negative either, is it? No, it isn't. So you're absolutely right. It's unsurprising that obviously with remote learning, and I've got three kids myself and have seen the iPad use just go through the roof, but even outside of learning, parents did tell us that, you know, more than half of kids have spent more time on screens for entertainment. But a lot of that was also seen as quite positive. So around three quarters of families said that overall, Their media use had been a positive experience and that they'd used it for things like connecting with family and friends and for shared entertainment with family members. So it wasn't all bad news. Um, Now, if we... (laughs) I started with the good. Now I'm heading into the not so good. Um, Were you able to tell how parents working from home had impacted on the overall health of children? We certainly have some data about the proportion of parents working from home and most parents, around two thirds, had been working from home at least some of the time during the pandemic. And that looked pretty equal for mums and dads, actually, which was really interesting to us because we've, you know, we often have known that mums or female carers are more likely to do a bit of working from home before the pandemic. It was much less common in Um, men and dads, but we've seen it um, commonly through the pandemic for dads as well. And this has been associated to a certain extent with some stress in the household, but it hasn't necessarily made a huge difference to the the health directly or well-being of kids that we've been able to show through this study. Certainly, it would be interesting to know exactly what parents think, you know, how much of a difference being at home has made to the interactions and health and well-being of their kids, but that's something that we haven't looked at here. Around a third said that they had delayed or avoided healthcare of their children during the pandemic. That sounds really concerning to me, is it? 
Yes, yeah, so of of the kids who parents told us had got sick, and that was more common in younger children, which we know is the case because little kids get sick and injured more often generally than older kids, around one in three um, had had that healthcare delayed or put off. And that was mainly because parents told us they were worried that either their child or themselves might catch COVID-19 at the doctor or the hospital. So on the flip side of that, have we seen seen reduced presentations to places like hospitals and GPs? And the answer is yes, especially early on um, in the pandemic, definitely where I work at the Royal Children's Hospital, we were down to about two thirds of normal numbers coming into the hospital with um, injuries or illness. And some of that can be explained just by the fact that when kids are at home and they're not mixing with other children, they're also not catching all the other common things that normally kids pass around like gastro and coughs and colds that aren't COVID. So we we can see that some of those reduced presentations we can explain. Kids who aren't playing sport as much as well are less likely to be injured. So again, we saw less injuries. But then there is a proportion where we would expect to see children presenting with certain things that can't be avoided during a pandemic that perhaps weren't turning up as much as usual. And they're probably some of those situations where care was delayed. And did you see, I mean, I guess it's hard to notice in that period of time, but would you assume that once a pandemic is over that hospitals will see an increase in those kinds of presentations? Well, we already did start to see in between here in Victoria, you know, we've very much had kind of two waves now. And in between when uh, restrictions were lifted and people were feeling a bit more confident that that wasn't in the community, we started to see numbers increasing again. So people were coming back to healthcare providers um, and presenting for those problems that they had been delaying or putting off. But now that we're back into a lockdown, we've once again seen the numbers drop back off. So Some of that stuff might be situations where families feel it's okay to wait, but then in other situations they might just feel so worried about, um, you know, the safety of their child by presenting to a healthcare service that they're not attending. And they're they're the situations that can be dangerous and we really want to remind families that even though we see a lot of media about, you know, hospitals and healthcare workers getting sick from COVID, actually... Generally, these places are very safe. There's a lot of precautions in place to keep your child and yourself well and protected. And it's really important that you don't delay care if your child needs it. Um, I'm not sure if you would have looked at this, but one of the impacts of the pandemic has been a lot of job loss or reduced hours. Did you Were you able to get a sense of how that might be impacting wellbeing for families? Absolutely. So we found that more than a quarter, 28% of families actually had experienced job loss or a reduction in their income in the household. So that's a huge proportion of families. And that did relate to negative mental health experiences of parents. So unsurprisingly, that's a huge stressor for families and can have very direct impact on physical and mental health and well-being. And we did get a sense of that in our study. So really important reminder of, you know, for governments to be supporting families financially because it has such a flow-on effect to health and wellbeing. And for those families where they are experiencing difficulties with, you know, mental health and feeling overwhelmed or perhaps that they're struggling, this is really, really common at the moment and it's important that people reach out for help. 
I'm really interested to know if you found out how children were faring with their mental health because in many ways, I mean, I look at my six and my eight-year-old and they were having a great time (laughs) during the first lockdown and um, have only just now, you know, six months in, started to ask a couple of questions about coronavirus and the COVID-19 pandemic, but not not in a way that I think indicates that they're worried at all. I mean, obviously that's just my kids. I'm, I'm wondering overall how kids are going mentally. Yeah, so we asked parents to tell us whether they thought the pandemic had had an impact on their child's mental health. And just over a third, according to parents, of children have experienced a negative impact on their mental health. So that also means that two-thirds haven't. They've either had no impact according to what parents are observing. So that was, in fact, the most common response. Around half of parents said, I don't really think this has had a significant impact on my child's mental health. And a small proportion, um, in fact, thought it might have been positive for their child's mental health. So a bit of a spectrum, but really important that there has been one in three where, you know, kids have been affected negatively and the type of signs that that might be happening for a parent to keep an eye out for are things like their sleep that's you know can be one of the first things to be disrupted if a child particularly a primary school age child is feeling a bit more worry or changes in their mood they might have difficulty getting off to sleep um, or difficulty staying asleep and sleeping through the night and then really emotional ups and downs so what we call being really labile and I think as adults We know as well if we're a bit on the edge or struggling to cope, you know, you you find yourself flying off a bit more easily or teary or melting down more easily. And kids experience all of those similar sorts of things. And they might be signs that, you know, this is having an effect on their mental health. And it might be worth seeing what you can do about that and tackling things like day-to-day habits, like a bit of exercise, trying to stay connected, even for little kids in some way with friends or family outside the household and a good regular bedtime can all be things that can be protective when it comes to keeping kids mentally well. You also looked at how eating habits have changed. I'm very curious about that. What did you find? Yeah, so we found that that according to parents, kids are eating more in general. <laughs> yes. Aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? Someone said the other day, if you haven't put on five kilos, you haven't been in the pandemic. But that's, <laughs> that's not a scientific stat or fact. That was just an observation. So, um, but that that's not necessarily the case with children. That would be a lot of weight, particularly for little kids. But definitely parents said, look, kids have eaten more. Most kids are, are eating more than they were before. And that might relate to the fact that they're home. And I know my own kids seem to be regularly wandering you know from sort of the home school table to the pantry at whatever time they want to um, they've eaten more unhealthy food though in particular so mm. that's that's also a bit of a worry and to do with probably habits and snacking and perhaps kids looking for comfort food in the same way that we know adults are when times are difficult um, and so even though parents tell us that they've tried actually Um, harder to try and stay healthy it's been difficult and a lot of the time habits have slipped um, you know in the wrong direction. That's so interesting because um, you were saying earlier as well that more parents were cooking with their kids which is a good sign yeah but it's like everything with a pandemic isn't it there's 
all kinds of things happening. There are. And I think one of the things that we know from other research with food as well is that people have this kind of idea that um, if you have some healthy things, it offsets the unhealthy things. So, you know, I had a packet of chips today, but it's all right because now I'm going to have an apple. And that's often how parents think about food habits with their kids. But in fact, the fact that you had the packet of chips is still there and it's not really offset by the apple. You've somehow got to not have the packet <laughs> of chips in the first place. So Damn this it. is the exact type of stuff that um, has been seen in this study. So lots of food in general being eaten, so probably lots of good food. And in fact, nearly one in five families said they're eating more fruit and veggies than they were before the pandemic. So that probably relates to preparing food at home um, and, you know, eating in perhaps a different way to, to they were prior to the, to the pandemic, but then at the same time, lots of them saying they're also having more unhealthy food. Mm. Well, Anthea, it's been so interesting to hear what's been going on for families. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been such a tricky time and I think really important as a mum and a paediatrician for parents listening to remember, go easy on yourself, go easy on your kids. I know we're talking about healthy habits and things to try and do, but at the same time, we really are just plodding through a very difficult time and people need to take the chance to pat themselves on the back for keeping on going and reaching out for help if you need it. Thanks, Anthea. Pleasure. That's Dr. Anthea Rhodes, Director of the Royal Children's Hospital National Child Health Poll, and we'll put a link to it in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.